I am back from my holiday. And uh, surprise, surprise, I had some sailing holidays. I did it last year and the year before that. And it, this should come as no surprise for you already, if you are a listener to this podcast, that I absolutely love sailing. I don't know why, don't ask me why, I just do. It's an activity that I'm really passionate about and something that I want to become better and better. When I tell people that I'm Portuguese, often people ask me if I surf, which I do not. I've tried. I've tried to surf. I got some lessons, but I've never really picked up the sport. And to be honest, when I was growing up, surfing was not a big thing. Certainly was not the big thing that it is today. Now, Portugal is considered a great place to surf. We even have the biggest wave, you know, in, in Nazaré. And if you haven't searched or haven't seen the video, just search for it. Biggest wave, Nazaré, and, and you'll be surprised. It's, it's really, really amazing. But yeah, when I was growing up, sailing was my activity. I really enjoyed it. Of course, there was other sports, but sea-related activities, I always really enjoyed sailing. I sailed with smaller boats, I did some competition, and uh, recently, or I guess three, four years ago, I started sailing bigger boats. I got my skipper's license, which to be honest does not mean a lot, because those are purely theoretical classes. You really are not equipped to sail or drive a boat after taking those classes. You need to learn a lot either before or after getting your license. But I've been uh, doing this alone or being the skipper on a boat for, I think now it's my fourth or fifth time. And it's amazing. It's, it's a completely different experience. When you go out and you're not the main skipper, you're more relaxed because you know that the responsibility to take you from point A to point B does not come in your shoulders. There's someone else responsible for that. And you are just there to help and enjoy. When you are the skipper, it's very much different because everyone on board depends on you. So you need to become the captain. You need to make sure that everyone has a pleasant experience. And this time, we were eight people, all of them my friends, on a boat, and people from different backgrounds. People that have grown close to the sea, that have sailed before, and uh, people that did not even know how to swim. So a big range of experiences that I had or we had to manage. And it was super, super fun. And for me, these are the kind of holidays that really reset my brain. Because my brain is still very active. I felt super tired, to be honest. Every day I would get to bed and fall asleep instantly. But it's a completely different challenge. It's different than what I was doing before, entrepreneurship, bootstrapping. And I, I felt the same when I was working. It's, it's the best way to completely forget about work. And if you follow this podcast, you know that I was, and I still is probably, but I was very obsessed about work before. It was the first thing that came to my mind. But when I just replaced these inputs by something completely different, it just, it, it just, I don't know, it resets everything. I get more relaxed. I, these are the kind of holidays that I truly, truly love. There's people that love going to the beach and just laying down and drinking some pina coladas. I don't, I don't like that. I get nervous. I get stressed. 
These, these kind of holidays are the ones that really reset my brain. So, it's no surprise that now that I have returned, I'm feeling a little bit depressed. And this is not a new feeling for me. I call it the post-holiday depression. And I think this is actually a thing that happens. When your brain is used to this amount, and when I say this, I'm putting my hand up. So, a big amount of new inputs, and suddenly this stops. I don't know, there's something in my brain that is like an addiction. You know, you suddenly take this addiction, this dopamine of having everything new and exciting and having zero. Your brain really craves that. And I've I spoken with a lot of people, even here in this podcast, and I'm not the only one. <laughs> There's other people feeling the same. And this goes away. This goes away after one or two weeks, so no problem. But now I'm back. I am back to work and... Before, if you remember, before going on this holiday, I was feeling that I had to do something different, that the, the current path was not taking me to profitability. So I would need to find a job or, or find a way to finance myself. Uh, because one thing, and this goes a little bit in the lifestyle of an entrepreneur, one thing that I did not plan and I, I, I did not expect before starting this journey, was that the fact that I'm burning my savings really affects me. So in the past, or what I defined as my threshold was, there's an amount of money that I always need to have in my bank account. The money I start, the money, <laughs> the moment I start burning this money, these savings, I know it's time to find a job. I know it's time to find another source of income. But I'm still a bit far from reaching that point. I still have maybe five months, six months to go. But I still feel nervous about it. And I, I'll tell you why. And you probably you can probably relate to this. Inflation is growing like crazy. Every day, my money, the money that I have seated in my bank account is... I'm losing money, basically. And these savings that I work so hard to get are really useful because I could invest them. I could invest them in buying a house, invest in maybe stock, even though stock market now is not very good. I could use it. But since I have it in my bank account as a way of, uh, I don't know, security, I'm not using them. I'm just burning them. So I feel a bit nervous, for sure. I feel that I should do something else. So this is really, this has been a challenge. This has been a challenge for me. And sometimes I, I feel the lack of, of motivation as well. Because I feel that maybe I should be focusing on other projects. Not, not even talking about getting a job. Maybe I'm focusing 100% on the community in the podcast. But a lot of people tell me that I should not put all my eggs in one basket. I should be doing other stuff. I, maybe I should be starting other projects or pushing harder or using different techniques and strategies. I don't know. I, I really don't know. And, and going a little bit back to sailing, if you allow me, I always thought that great sailors were the ones that were equipped and able to sail any storm, no matter how bad the storm was. 
But now I've been kind of changing my mind. Great sailors are the ones that are able to prepare themselves for the storm. The most important work is the one that you do before the storm hits you. It's the preparations. And, and most of the times, the best thing you can do against the storm is to avoid it. A lot of people that I speak with that have much more experience than I do tell me that they always check the weather prediction. And that's the best way to do. So every time now, before I went sailing, I checked multiple predictions and I knew that there was no storm coming, for example. I, 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 I know that the prediction is, is never 100%, but not checking the prediction is definitely a worst mistake you can do. Other things you can do to prepare yourself in, in the sailing world, for instance, is to make sure you have an adequate amount of sails up because the sails is actually what propels the boat when there's a lot of winds. And you can reduce the surface of the sail. By doing that, you can control how the wind is propelling and affecting your boat. So you can do that beforehand. You also can clear the deck. There's many things you can do. And if I see my evolution from my first storm, I, I remember it was three years ago and it was super, super scary. We actually even had to call for help. In the end, it was not needed, but I was not prepared. I lacked the experience. Now I learn all of that. I'm prepared, and if there are stronger winds coming, I'm chilled. There's no problem, because all the work is done. Now I just, just have to wait for the winds, drink a beer or a cup of tea, and chill. There's really, really no problem. And that's kind of what I'm learning. This is to learn how to prepare myself for the storm is more important than what I do during the storm. Unfortunately... In this indie hacking world, it feels that not a lot of people like to speak about these bad things. And, and funny enough, this also happens in the sailing world. I, I was also sailing and, and, and I spoke with, with a few sailors and I asked them, tell me about your storms. Tell me about the bad things that happen. And the first thing that they told me is that we don't speak about the storms. <laughs> I mean, why? <laughs> of course you should. That, that's how you learn. I was able to convince them, convince them afterwards and, and they told me some, uh, some interesting stories. And everyone has their storms. Th that's true. Like, no one comes already knowing everything. And it's the same with internship, with bootstrapping. Everyone had their mistakes. And there are certain mistakes that people are very comfortable to speak about openly. They, they speak about how they work too much in the product before releasing it. And now they are focusing more in audience building first or finding their customers, which are really, really important. I'm really thankful that people now are talking about that. But there are other things that people really do not like to speak about. How their partners, spouses, friends, family reacted when they were almost out of money and they were putting 24-7 into their projects. How seeing their friends around, having money, traveling, buying houses, building a family, and not being able to do that affected them. How seeing your project failed four or five times affected you. These are things that are really, really crucial. 
These are things that will happen to everyone. But for some reason, people do not like to speak about it that openly. And I understand they are uncomfortable subjects. I don't like speaking about it. I don't like speaking about the fact that I, I cannot, or at this point I cannot buy a house, or I cannot think about the future, because I do not know what the near future will look like. I don't know how it will look. I don't know if I will be able to get my projects running. I don't know if I will have to find a job. Which job will I find? A lot of uncertainties. And this is really, really scary. I do not like to speak about it. It's very uncomfortable for me, for sure. But it will happen to everyone. So I know now that the next storm I face, the next project I start, I know how I prepare, I can prepare myself better. For sure, having the savings really, really helps. Preparing your mindset for what is about to happen also helps. And there's definitely a lot of other things that you can do. But yeah, I'm back. I'm back and uh, I immediately start working on the demo day. And now I'm getting more into the project updates. The demo day is the climax of the accelerator. So if you are an old listener, you probably know, but let me just refresh your memory. The WB accelerator is something that we started about 10 weeks ago. There were two teams. Each team had five people, each one of them working their own projects. And every week they met to speak about what they were able to accomplish that week and to get some feedback. They worked together for 10 weeks. And now in this demo day, they will pitch and showcase what they have learned, what they have achieved. And there'll be three judges and these judges will give some feedback. All of these judges are people that you probably know if you are in the indie hacking space. There's Anna Bibikova at NonTechAnna on Twitter. There's Mark LG at JudoHacker. And there is Dagobert. All of these three people, people that I interviewed in this podcast, really, really great people. You should definitely listen to the interviews. You should definitely learn from them. And Dagobert will actually, or he is together with Lucy already in Lisbon. So I will meet them soon and hopefully Dagobert will be here uh, in my house while we do the demo day. The demo day will be on the 24th of June, so this Friday, and it will start at 3.30 UTC or 15.30. And I'm working on it now. I'm basically working on the agenda, how it will look like. And I will be also sending messages now to a lot of people on Twitter and invite them to join because so far we got around 25 people that uh, claimed the free ticket, but I think we can get much more. So this is free, by the way, this is free for anyone. Doesn't matter if you are a WB member or not. So the link will also be in the description of this podcast so that you can claim your free tickets. And I think it will be really, really fun with all the pitches and the judges will give their feedback and they will be drinking beer or whatever you want to drink and just chat and meet other indie makers. So I'm super, super excited. And that's what I've been uh, working on today. Besides that, tomorrow I will uh, start my one month 
free co-working space experience. I won that uh, last year, in the end of last year, I won that on the Startup Lisbon. So in, here in Lisbon, there's an entity called Startup Lisbon. It's super, super known. They have an accelerator and they also have a co-working space. And I got uh, this one month for free that I will enjoy starting from uh, tomorrow. So I will give you an update next week on how it looks like. And I'm, I'm also excited about it to meet the other entrepreneurs and to see if there are also other indie makers out there because we need to get together to face this, uh, this crisis that is also coming, right? So I'm, I'm uh, really looking forward to that. And uh, what will come? What, what, what are my plans for, for the future? Great question, Tiago. <laughs> I really don't know. Something that I have to think about, but I will give you some of my thoughts. First of all, as you probably notice, more and more I'm uh, I'm feeling the pressure to get a little bit more money, a little bit more income. Even though I'm super happy with what we have achieved with the WB space, I feel that there's a need for a little bit more. So I will be definitely focusing on that how to get a little bit more income, and if that means to get a job or a side gig or a part-time job, whatever you want to call it, so be it. Regarding this podcast, I love doing it. I do, but it, it has stagnated. It has stagnated a little bit, so I'm really happy with all of you, the listeners so far, to be honest. So every episode gets around at least 100 listens, let's say like that. The interviews get a little bit more. But I don't know, they, it also takes me a lot of time, especially the interviews. So I don't know if I should take a break from the podcast or at least from the interviews for a while to get some energy, to get some new ideas, to make sure that the content is good and then restart or if I should just keep pushing. I also feel that uh, I, I've kind of interviewed a lot of the bootstrappers around Twitter so I need to find another source of uh, interviewees. So I still don't know. I, I, maybe I'll still push a little bit further to see how I feel. But it definitely takes a lot of my time. Especially, again, the interviews. It takes me at least one day of the week is focused on interviews. Finding new people, doing the interview, doing some research. And then, of course, doing the editing and, and so on. So I don't know. I will keep you up to date with uh, how what what the future will bring but probably next week i'll get more information now the last thing i want to talk with you about regarding the project updates is how did the community perform while i was on holiday so before going on holiday i told everyone in the community that i was going on holiday and uh, that they would probably see less of me during those days However, I have Slack on my phone, so if there was any matter that needed my attention, they could just message me. Everyone was super supportive, everyone was super cool about it, and I did not take my laptop. I know that this seems a little bit crazy, especially being a solo founder, but yeah, I didn't feel the need to bring my laptop. There's nothing that can really break, because I'm using Slack, I'm using a lot of tooling that already, they are managed by, by by the company, so I, I don't need to worry too much about it. And 
here I went without my laptop, only carrying my phone. I scheduled a bunch of tweets ahead, but even answering two tweets was really, really hard because I was, as I told you, so focused on sailing and being with my friends and planning the next day that I didn't have the energy to answer people on Twitter. I still did it when I found a little bit of time, but uh, yeah, my Twitter usage went down a lot. But of course, with all the tweets I was able to, to schedule, I still earned new followers and I still got some engagement, which was great. But yeah, definitely my screen time went down a lot. And the same with the community. Now, one thing that really made me super happy is to see that the community was still alive. That people were still talking with each other. That they were sharing about their projects that they were using the tooling that I created, the what I'm doing today bot, the challenge bot. So that, that made me feel really, really happy because that's the dream, right? The dream is to be able to create a product that does not really need your time to function. The dream is that you can be on holiday, that you can be sleeping, that you can take some time off and still be making money and producing value. And that I felt that it actually happened. So it's a huge win for me because people were still using it. And uh, sometimes I answered a few people that sent me DMs or something, but I was completely out mostly. And the community was still bringing value. So that was really, really great. However, now I, I went to, to see the statistics and there are two things that I noticed that are really, really important to report to you. First, my MRR completely stagnated. Not, I think, two new members joined in the, in the past 20 or 25 days, which is very, very low. And a few also dropped out. So if I started these holidays with around 59 members, now I have 56, so I lost three members, let's say. There's a couple that also joined. And... Uh, Definitely, the, the thing that I noticed the most is the fact that since I stopped doing marketing, since I stopped being more engaged on Twitter, on indie hackers, on the forums, trying to bring new people in, no one joined, mostly. And I, I've confirmed this with other members. People told me that they also feel the same, other indie hackers, I mean. They also tell me that marketing is the activity that requires the most attention. And if they stop doing it, they stop getting new members and they stop growing. So this really sucks, to be honest, because it's something that I still didn't manage to automate. And uh, I, I've, I've, there's many ways to do that, I guess. One of them being SEO. The other one is the fact that the members themselves can basically share the community and attract new people. And to be honest, this is, I think, the only way. I, I got two new members and most of them came from uh, referrals from members of the community speaking about it to others and tweeting about it. This is something that I definitely need to focus more in the future. Also, maybe to promote this behavior, to maybe give some prices or some attention to people that are able to bring new members. So definitely something that I'll be focusing on. But yeah, I definitely noticed that. I noticed that there was a stagnation on the number of new members. There was also... A stagnation or a reduce on the activity because um, if you go to wannabeentrepreneur.com/open, 
you can actually see how many members are active in the last 30 days. And uh, I can definitely see that there was a decrease. Now, I don't know if this was necessarily related with the fact that I was not present sending messages and, and basically creating some engagement in the community or maybe because it's just summer and people are more distracted, people are on holiday or thinking about holiday. So I was anyways expecting it to reduce a little bit, but I can see that there was a little reduction. So now I will see if the fact that I'm back will increase this activity or not. And I will report this to you. Nevertheless, it was really, really positive. A lot of messages, people still very much engaged and taking value from the community. So I'm super happy about that. And it makes me think that this is really a great business to be in. A business that you can be creating value even though you are not 100% active. And that's it. That's it for my project updates for today. And uh, I want to just give you a quick uh, tips and tricks for entrepreneurs because it's something that I haven't done for, for a while now. I don't have anything specifically planned, but um, I, I definitely today had a very interesting conversation with, uh, with Miguel, which is um, an entrepreneur. He's also a teacher. He teaches entrepreneurship here in Portugal. And we are even going to do a workshop around the community about marketing because definitely marketing is the hardest thing the hardest challenge for a lot of the indie makers we did one previously about design with João Mara went really really well I learned a lot from this workshop and it was even recorded and I shared with the community so this was really really great and I'm going to do another one around uh, this marketing etc and uh, one tip that he told me about uh, doing marketing for your product is something that I've, I've heard about it and you probably have heard about it many times, but we can always discard it, which is to really find your niche. And uh, I really thought that I had found my niche around uh, the community because I said, okay, I'm already focusing in entrepreneurship and I'm focusing on bootstrapping. So it's already very niche, but he told me, no, you can even go down the funnel. You can focus on bootstrappers that are developers. You can focus on bootstrappers that are only doing their side projects. You can focus on full-time developers. You can focus on no-code developers. So you can really, really niche down. I don't know if this word exists, but you can really go to the detail and uh, it's, it's much easier for you to do marketing in these smaller groups because it's easier to do word of mouth, it's easier to find the right keywords, it's easier for you to find the right forums and to also to direct your message to them. So one trick that I might try to do in the future is to actually try to make more than one landing page, so three or four, and each landing page will focus on only one of these characteristics. So I will create the landing page for the WE space for uh, developers. You are a developer, you have a side project, you wanna finally quit from your the company you work for and uh, make money from your projects, here's the community. And then another one for people that wanna learn no code. And, and, and this is the only example, but to say that there's X amount of people that know no code in the community, so join, and you will also learn. So create different kinds of landing pages that uh, cater to different kinds of niches 
and let's see if this works better. And you can even, this is kind of fishing, right? So you can try different baits and you see which one performs better and then you can kind of know which one to focus the most. And we are always kind of afraid to focus on these niches because we feel that there's not enough market for that and uh, we are losing on potential clients. But more and more marketeers tell me that this is the way. Focus in a very, very small niche and then uh, eventually once you conquer this niche, find another one and then make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's my tips and tricks for today and that's also the end of uh, another wannabe entrepreneur episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to join the WB space, the link will be in the description. It costs $10 per month and is a community of indie makers that help each other build their own products. Make sure to claim your free ticket to join the first ever WB demo day. It's going to be really fun. And if you want to support this podcast in particular, there's two ways you can do it. First, share it with all of your entrepreneur friends, tweet about it and uh, give a nice review. Or you can also buy the awesome WB merch that you can find at store.wannabe-entrepreneur.com and you have mugs, you have t-shirts, you have hoodies, everything to support the WBE brand and podcast. This was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you next time. Oh, I really miss talking with you. Let's go.